Bible says the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter number 1, Deuteronomy chapter number 1, uh, same text as our Sunday school lesson this morning, and I'll preach this message today, and the Sunday school lessons will take us uh, into the book of Deuteronomy. I mentioned the uh, Wednesday night series, I believe that the Lord would have us do. I am uh, praying about uh, on Sundays uh, what to uh, get into, and, and I have six messages on John the Baptist that I plan on getting started next Sunday morning, and I've been doing a lot of studying the Gospels, and I think we'll just be in the Gospels for a while, and um, uh, then, if unless the Lord changes my mind, uh, I'm going to begin a series on Sunday mornings uh, that may carry over some on Sunday night uh, from John 18 and 19 on the trial of Jesus Christ. And uh, there's so far about 40 messages in those two chapters. I'm not exaggerating. Um, and so, uh, but the, there's so much into um, our Savior and uh, uh, that, that whole uh, Him going to the cross of Calvary. And uh, then I'm thinking about and praying about after that it is concluded, uh, entering into a series on the triumph of Jesus Christ. Uh, centered around the resurrection and uh, what all that means, the conquering of death and hell, the blood of Christ, uh, him actually taking his own blood and acting as our high priest and, and the triumph of Jesus Christ. And then when that is done, I am uh, praying about the uh, testimony of Jesus Christ. Uh, the end of John, the book of John says, if you had written, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, if you had written down everything that Christ had done, um, the world couldn't contain it, but uh, we can talk about what the scripture does tell us he did do, and then when that series is over, I believe I'll be about 85, and so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be ready to uh, uh, lay it up by then, I, w- I would think, and so, but uh, the Bible is so rich and uh, so deep, I just don't understand uh, churches that uh, need gimmicks uh, to, to get people to come. Um, you know, if I be lifted up, uh, I will draw all men unto me, and certainly uh, looking forward to what God has for us in the days ahead. Deuteronomy chapter 1, begin reading in verse number 1. These be the words which Moses spake unto all Israel on this side Jordan in the wilderness, in the plain over against the Red Sea between Paran and Tophel and Laban and Hazareth and Disheb. These are eleven days' journey from Horeb by the way of Mount Seir unto Kadesh Barnea. It came to pass in the fortieth year and the eleventh month, on the first day of the month, that Moses spake unto the children of Israel according unto all that the Lord had given him in commandment unto them. After he had slain Sion, the king of the Amorites, which dwelt in Heshbon, and Og, the king of Bashan, which dwelt in Ashtaroth in Edrite. On this side Jordan, in the land of Moab, began Moses to declare this law, saying, The Lord our God spake unto us in Horeb, saying, Ye have dwelt long enough in this mount. Turn you and take your journey and go to the mount of the Amorites and all the places nigh thereunto, in the plain, in the hills, and in the vale, and in the south, and by the seaside, to the land of the Canaanites, and unto Lebanon, unto the great river, the river Euphrates." Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, 
to give unto them and to their seed after them. Of course, if you were in Sunday school this morning, our theme for next year is to possess the land. Uh, the Sunday school lesson, as I mentioned and we taught this morning, begins in the book of Deuteronomy. But I want to use this passage of Scripture, and I want you to notice uh, something in verse number 1. These be the words which Moses spake unto all Israel. Notice this next phrase, on this side Jordan. Then if you see that you see the same phrase in verse number 5, on this side Jordan. I thank God for the promised land. But there's some things on this side, Jordan, that we need to be reminded of. On this side, Jordan, I'm preaching on that this morning. Father, I pray that uh, you'll take the message this morning and you'll use it. I pray the Holy Spirit of God will be our teacher, our instructor. If there's one here unsaved, may the Holy Spirit convict them. Uh, may it remind, the Holy Spirit remind them of their uh, sins, may their need for salvation. Without Christ, they have no hope. Father, I pray that if there's one like that, they'll be saved this morning. I pray that we'll be challenged by the Word of God, we'll be encouraged and edified, and Father, may your truths uh, just settle into our hearts and so uh, that we might be changed, may be more able to serve you uh, with a desire to serve you in greater ways. We ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. It's an interesting phrase as you think of uh, beginning of verse Deuteronomy on this side, Jordan, as uh, we get into Deuteronomy and already this morning in our Sunday school lesson, we are looking ahead to the promised land. Moses is going to get the people looking ahead to the promised land. He is telling them to possess the land. God says it's time. Uh, he's going to, in the first few chapters, he's going to point out some mistakes that have been made. He's going to uh, point out some things that would hinder them uh, from possessing the land. But we find here his initial instructions, and he reminds them of several things. But there is a phrase here that I believe is important uh, for the Christian to take notice of, and it's that phrase that I've already pointed out to you, this side, Jordan. Can you imagine the anticipation that God's people must have had when Moses finally said, okay, it's time. It's time to stop wandering around in the wilderness. It, <coughs> excuse me. And it's time to get to the promised land, fulfill the, the promise of God, take that which God has given. And he reminds them in, in verse number 8, that this is the promise that has been made to your forefathers, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, and now it's going to be fulfilled. Much anticipation, I'm sure. But we have to be reminded that on this side, Jordan, they had been in the wilderness. We're reminded of that, verse number one, this side, Jordan, in the wilderness. The wilderness is not a pleasant place to be. It was not a comfortable place. If not for the provision of God, the sun would have taken its toll. The, 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 the harsh nature of the wilderness would have had a greater effect. It is, was not a pleasant place to be. We see that they were wandering. We know they were wandering for 40 years. Think about that. We, we know this as a fact. And we so often, uh, as Christians and as preachers and Sunday school teachers and even parents and teaching our children, all the children of Israel, they wandered for 40 years. Think about that. Wandering for 40 years, not even knowing where you're going, not even knowing what's going to take place the next day, 
not even knowing when you're going to stop wondering and get to where it is that God has for you. The Christmas season has just passed, and, 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 and if you had to venture out into the chaos of shopping, I make the same mistake every single year. So what is that, Pastor? Of going out in public, leaving the safety and confines of my home into the chaos of Christmas shopping. I make the same mistake. I get in my mind, I say, okay, this is what uh, I'm going to uh, get for, for my wife. My, 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 my wife, she's not here this morning. I have a child sick, and so I'll be very generous in my illustrations this morning. And, and um, uh, my, my wife, she, uh, she, she already has her list of what she's going to get the kids, and not only are the kids surprised on Christmas morning, I'm surprised on Christmas morning, and, and she has all that. So my responsibility is to get her gifts. That's a big responsibility. I get all excited, and some of you understand that. I get all excited, and, and I say, okay, here I am. I'm going by myself. I'm going to go to the mall. I know the peak hours. I've researched them. I'm not going during the peak hours time. I'm going just by myself. No distractions. Nobody to, to talk to me. I'm stopping by Taco Bell to get some nourishment before I go, and, 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 and I, I'm ready to go. Say, Pastor, when you went, what did you buy? I didn't buy one thing. I wandered around the mall just looking. I don't ever go to the mall. I try and avoid it as much as I possibly can. And I literally, I go in a store, I look, and it's like, no, that's not what I'm looking for. That's not what I'm looking for. That is what I'm looking for, but I don't want to wait here for three hours to just pay for that, and, and I'll wonder, and I literally, and I, and, and, and I, and I catch myself every time, I, I, I made the effort, I've walked around the mall, I've spent two hours of my life going from store to store to store, going over to this one, and I come home with nothing, and then I'm reminded, Amazon.com. Praise the Lord. If you have not discovered Amazon, see, you get so much when you come to church, not just Bible. You, you, get, you get help in your Christmas shopping. Amazon.com. Write it down. Commit it to memory. They have an app you can download. It'll change your life. Anyway, back to the Bible. You wonder. That is a silly, trite illustration compared to the wandering of the children of Israel. It's frustrating not knowing where you're going. And again, I'll be generous in my, in my, in my illustrations this morning because my wife is home with a sick child. But um, uh, I want you to go out shopping with me. Okay, where are we going? I don't know. I, 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 I don't do well with that already. How long are we going to be out? Until we're done. Uh, I, 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 I don't know about this, but I love you and I... And I want to make it to the next wedding anniversary, so we're going to go and just wander following her around. I'm going to go look at this. Oh, why do you act like this isn't fun? I want you to act like you're enjoying this. I'm trying. I thought I was acting like I was, I was enjoying this. But don't miss this. You have no idea. Those people have no idea when they were going to stop. No idea when it was going to end. You know how frustrated you get when you don't have every detail laid out in front of you? 
You know how frustrated you get when you don't have the answers before the question has even, even been asked? Can you imagine spending 40 years? What are we doing today? Wondering. What are we going to do tomorrow? Wonder. What about the next day? We're just going to wonder. You know how, how, how tedious and mundane and empty that must have been? That was on this side, Jordan. There was difficulty. There was death. We know if you know, if you know, if you know what the Bible says about this period of time in history, it was God killing off a faithless generation. And now in the midst of the wandering, there was death all around them. Uh, they, they buried their, their, their family members. They buried their loved ones. There was difficulty. That was on this side of Jordan. And, and I want to say, Christian, that the promises of God are real. The promises of God are true. See, I take very literally John 14 when Jesus was telling those disciples, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again. See, I take that very literally. As a Christian this morning, my Savior, who is not only my Redeemer, who is not only my sin sacrifice, He's preparing a place for me to spend with Him for all of eternity. What a thought that is. The promises of God are true. But on this side, Jordan, there is some difficulty. On this side, Jordan, there is some wondering and not knowing what the next day is going to bring and what the next hour is going to bring. On this side, Jordan, uh, there is some, uh, so, some, some hardship in the, the wilderness of this world. On this side, Jordan, and friend, I don't know about you, but the older I get and the more I experience, the more I, I like to try and peek into that spiritual realm and try and get a glimpse of the other side and over into glory. And I, I know there's perfection there. And I know my Savior is there. And I know I have loved ones there. And one day all of this will be gone. And one day all of the hardship will be over. And one day all the frailties of our flesh will be no more. That is the promises of God. And there is a peace that comes with following God by faith. But on this side, Jordan, sometimes there's wilderness. You think any of those Israelites ever said, God, would you just, just get us there? God, how long is this going to go on? But friend, I, with anticipation, I look forward to the fulfilled promises of God on this side of eternity and on that side of eternity. But there's some things I want to point out about this side, Jordan, that I believe will be a help to us. Because, friend, if you've never been in a wilderness, it'll come. If you've never been to a time when you just have to, every day, just get up and trust God... And trust that somehow He's going to get you to where you're supposed to be. Somehow He's going to get you through the day. If you've never experienced that, you're going to experience that. And let me just also say, if you have experienced experienced that, you'll probably and more, most likely experience it again at some point in your life. It just seems like I'm wondering, having to trust God, just depending on Him and enduring this side, Jordan. Let me point out some things to you very quickly. I want to say, first of all, on this side, Jordan, do what you know needs to be done. See, there's too many Christians 
that they want the perfect circumstances for them to live by faith. They want the perfect circumstances for them to obey the Word of God. Oh, I can't tell you how many times in my years in the ministry and as as the pastor of this church, I've heard, well, because of this, I just can't do that. Because of these circumstances, I just don't know if I can follow God. No, we have so many excuses of why we can't be faithful and we can't be dedicated and we can't serve God. Friend, on this side, Jordan, you, you, you hold to the promises of God and if God has said it, it's going to take place. He has never been proven a liar. He, he cannot lie. It's going to happen. But while you're waiting on this side, Jordan, do what you know you ought to do. If you're in a wilderness today, I want to say, praise the Lord. You came to church anyway. You didn't use that as an excuse. You're a hardship of why you have to stay away from God. And oh, can you imagine how it must please the heart of God for a child of His to be struggling financially and for Him to still by faith and obedience make out that tithe check and and drop it in the offering plate and do without so God's work can go on. Friend, if you're in the wilderness, do what you still know you're supposed to do. A Christian is still supposed to pray whether they're in the wilderness or not. Well, when God works all this out, a Christian is still supposed to be faithful to the house of God. In hardship. And let me just say, when you're dealing with a hardship, that's where you need to be, in the house of God. Well, when I get over this, no, no, if you're not over it, you better get to church. If you're not over it, you better get down to the house of God to do what you know you're supposed to do on this side, Jordan. What did, it was very simple. What were they supposed to do to follow the person in front of them? And when God told Moses, stop, Moses says, stop. God told Moses, go, they went. It's very simple, it's not complicated. You know, Christian, we we try and complicate the Christian life. So I'm I'm struggling, Pastor. Is it things aren't as I would have them to be? You still get up and read your Bible. Pray. Do you realize you can still be a witness? Here's a good one, Christian. This side, Jordan, forgive. Well, when they ask for forgiveness and they apologize to me, then I'll forgive. It's an amazing thing. You will never find that in Scripture. You can search and search and search and search and search, and there's too many bitter Christians waiting on the perfect circumstances, and then I'll offer forgiveness it doesn't matter how much you're struggling this morning. Just do what you know you're supposed to do on this side of Jordan. And this side of Jordan, there's struggles. This side of Jordan, there's difficulties. This side of Jordan, there's just the, the wondering of how long are we going to be in the wilderness. But friend, let me say to you this morning, just do what you know you're supposed to do. Secondly, don't make the mistake of thinking it'll be easier later. Delay does not keep it from being difficult. Too many Christians are are delaying in doing the right thing. See, when you delay, you become weaker than you are today. Well, one day, pastor, 
Or when these circumstances work out, then I'll be more faithful to the house of God. Well, when, 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 when we get over here, that's when I'm going to start serving. Or, or when God comes through in this way and, and works this, I know it's going to happen, Pastor, and I'm with you. I believe the promises of God, but, but I'm going to wait until then. Dele- don't delay. Don't think delaying will make it easier later. Let's serve God today. Let's serve God with the opportunity. Well, we're on this side, Jordan. Can you imagine how they must have daydreamed as they're in the wilderness? Imagine some of them thought back to what was described by those spies in that land of how beautiful that land was. When we get over there, when you're in the wilderness, we're on this side, Jordan. Don't delay what you can do for God in the wilderness until you get out of your wilderness. Don't delay serving God. I've got, I've got to hasten number three. Let me point out that miracles can still be in the desert. God performed miracles for His children in the desert. We mentioned in the Sunday school lesson this morning, there was a great enemy that was defeated in the wilderness. The deliverance of this generation into the promised land was a miracle. Uh, they, their, their shoes never wore out, grew with their feet. Those of you that have teenage boys... You know what a miracle that is? God performed miracles in the wilderness. Let me just remind us of a couple of things this morning. God is not bound by our difficulties. So many times as a Christian, we get frustrated because our circumstances are difficult, difficult, and they limit what we believe that we can do for God. They limit uh, our, our, our life in some way, the difficulties of life. Uh, it can be health for some. It can be uh, financial for some. Uh, there could be a great spiritual battle. It could be some family issues for some. And we're in this wilderness, and we are bound. And, Pastor, I would love to be able to do more, but I'm just in the wilderness. Friend, let me remind you this morning, the things that hinder you do not hinder our God. The things that make life difficult for you does not make it difficult on our God. I'm afraid sometimes we look at our own shortcomings, we look at our own circumstance, we look at our own wilderness and say, this is just all there is. But friend, we've got a God who's greater than the circumstances. We have a God who's greater than your wilderness. Let me remind you who was leading the children of Israel through the wilderness the whole time. It was an omniscient, omnipotent, almighty God who was in control of every circumstance, he's not bound by, by our difficulty. That's why, and some of you look back, if you've lived long enough, some of you could testify this morning that some of the greatest times as a Christian was some of your most difficult times. Some of your darkest days are some of your greatest spiritual victories. Say, why is that? Because we have a faithful God. 
We have a God that doesn't leave us. We have a God who doesn't forsake us. But more than that, we have a God who is not bound by our difficulties. Pastor, it's just too hard for me. It's not too hard for God. You know what God wants? Too many Christians make this mistake of thinking God wants their strength. God doesn't want your strength. He doesn't need your strength. He's God. But you know what He wants? He wants your weakness. Because it's when you're too weak to depend on your own flesh. You've got to every day look to heaven and say, Okay, God, I don't know where to go today unless you lead, lead me. Okay, God, I'm not going to eat today unless you provide for me. Okay, God, I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to do today unless you offer me the solution, the answer. And friend, living completely dependent on God is not, a, is, not, is not a life of drudgery. It's a life of faith, but it's a life of miracles because God is not bound by our circumstances. God still does miracles in the desert. God does some of his greatest work on the backside of a desert. And let me remind you, miracles can still be in the desert. Too many Christians complain about the condition, about the desert. And they don't seek the God who created it. Friend, don't look at your circumstances. This side of Jordan, Pastor, it'll be nice one day we can get past this. Don't overlook the fact that God's sustaining you now. Don't overlook the fact that God is providing for you now. Oh, we're getting ready to embark on a great journey, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the new location. I'm excited about all that God is going to do. But friend, we would be fools if we didn't look back and see all the miracles that God has done while we have just been faithfully following Him and faithfully serving Him, our God is greater than any circumstance you will find yourself in. None of us like the wilderness. But you know, God can still be found in the wilderness. Sometimes, Christian, you're in life, that's all you have to hold on to. But can I tell you, it's enough to hold on to that God still does miracles on this side, Jordan. Fourthly, this morning, I want us to see in verse number 7. Look at verse number 6. The Lord our God spake unto us in Horeb, saying, Ye have dwelt long enough in this mount. Verse 7, Turn you and take your journey and go to the mount of the Amorites and unto all the places nigh thereunto. In the plain, in the hills, and in the vale, in the south. He didn't say anything about the north, but in the south, and by the seaside, to the land of the Canaanites. I want you to notice that first phrase of verse 7. Turn you and take your journey. Fourth thing is very simple. You've got to take action. I make this statement all the time. God is not going to do what he expects you and I to do. God will do what we're not capable of doing. There's too many Christians, and this is really the whole message, this last point this morning. There are too many Christians that find themselves on this side of Jordan, and in their mind, they literally want God to reach down with that mighty hand and grab them by the, by, by the, by the collar and pick them up out of their circumstances 
and put them in the promised land without them ever having to lift a finger. Notice what he says to them. It's time to go. You're going to possess the land that God has promised. Turn you and take your journey. You have got to walk into the promised land. You have got to take the journey. We are told in verse 2, they're 11 days journey. They're still 11 days journey. They've just got to get up and they've got to go. Friend, don't just sit back and say, well, anytime God wants to change my circumstances, he can change my circumstances. That sounds real pious and, and real spiritual sometimes. Well, I just believe God can change. Sometimes God wants you to walk by faith into the promised land. Sometimes God wants you to get up and do what he's given you the ability to do, you the strength to do, and not just sit back and say, well, whatever God, we treat God like he's a genie in the bottle sometimes. We treat God and we'll take a strong stand and we don't believe, we, I almost said we don't believe in Santa Claus, but there's kids in here. We, know we don't believe in, 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 in we, 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 God, is, God is the center of everything we do, but yet we treat God like Santa Claus and say, would you give me, would you give me, would you give me? And God's saying, I've already commanded you. I've already told you. There are too many Christians that want God to lift them up and do for them when they will not do for themselves. Don't miss this truth. Say, well, pastor, what am I supposed to do in the wilderness? Do you realize you've got a Bible full of commands of what you're supposed to do in your barren places? When you're in your famine, when you're in your darkness, when you're in your valley... When you need things from God, you're this side of Jordan. I believe this Bible. I believe God is going to come through. I believe His promises are true. But while I'm waiting on God, there are things that you and I are supposed to do. Well, God can provide. Yeah, but God wants you to live by faith too. Well, it's his church. If he wants, if he wants the church to have it, that he can he owns the cattle on a thousand hills and he can send by a millionaire to write the check. Well, I also find in, in the Bible that God wants the faith of his people, his people, to be blessed. He has a way that he expects us to participate in our own deliverance. There's too many Christians at home today. Say, well, why are you even... Because I'm going to prove the point. Because if we're not careful, it'll be us. Waiting. Well, God need, when God changes things, or when God, when, they, when God impresses upon their heart to, 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 to give me an apology, that I'll go back to the things of God. Friend, that's not the way God works. God had told Moses, it's time for them to go. I say, what else did God do? He sat back and said, I'll wait till they get there. The promised land was just that. You say, God wasn't going to force them to go? No. He said, now here's another opportunity of faith for you to get to where I promised you you can have. Now it's up to you to turn you and take your journey. Can I help you this morning? Very practical message. God, God gives you a pastor as a shepherd to lead you. Not to make your decisions for you. I will pray for you. I will preach the word of God for you. 
I will weep with you. I will rejoice with you. I, 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 will, I will give you the best counsel that I can possibly give with you, give you, but I'm not going home with you. You've got to open your Bible and get promises from God. You've got to get on your knees and you've got to pray and say, God, I've got to have an answer to this. You've got to be the witness to your lost loved ones. You've got to be the one that says, I don't know what all I can do, but I'll take this next step and I'm going to turn my, I'm going to take my journey and I'm not going to sit and feel sorry for myself. I'm going to continue on and I'm going to find the promises of God. I'm just going to do what he's told me to do. It was very simple for them. God said it's time to leave the wilderness. So what do they have to do? Leave. They just had to do what God had commanded them to do. And Christian, I am convinced that there are Christians that could get out of their bitterness if they just did what God told them to do. Why is it that we as Christians, we are more consumed by... We, we spend 90% of our time, we spend the majority of our time worrying about, obsessing about what other people are doing, which we have no control. And the Bible was written, we have these commands for us. Turn you and take your journey. See, it's time for some Christians this morning to pick up their Bible and start reading it. I I, I don't like things that are taking place in our country. And if you don't think there's evil at work in our country, you're not paying attention. The very fact that abortion is even an issue. But you have... You can't, you, take, take, take a Bible to one of our public schools and, and talk, talk, start talking about the things of God. I, like you, complain about that. But you know what would change that? If Christians quit whining about the wilderness this side of, of Jordan and actually picked up their Bible, and started reading it. Oh, can you believe they, there's no prayer in schools? Christian, how's your prayer life doing? When's the last time you bowed your knee? When's the last time you got out your prayer list? We need to get prayer back into our government. We need to get prayer back. We need to get prayer back in our churches. We need to get prayer back into the, the homes of Christians. It's time for some Christians to quit waiting on God to come in and do what God has said, I want you to do. I want you to turn. I want you to go and start reading our Bibles again and start praying again. Say, so, well, I've never done that. Two days is January 1. There is a reading schedule on every bulletin. There's a reading schedule on our website. Just follow that and read the Word of God every day. You know, there's, it's time for some Christians to forgive and quit holding grudges and being offended. Well, I've been offended. I try and be compassionate. When I hear that, the word that I want to say, and I can't tell you I've never said it, is so. Well, so-and-so has offended me. That's your problem. If you read the Bible and you get offended, let me tell you whose problem it is. 
If you're an independent Baptist, you think it's the pastor's problem. That's not the way it is. I hate to use scripture in church on Sunday morning with a bunch of Christians. But great peace have they which love thy law. And nothing shall offend them. Christian, it's time for you to turn and take your journey to forgiveness. Leave the bitterness behind and forgive. Most of the things you're offended about, you're not even offended about. It just, it just gives you an excuse for being a miserable person. Well, God's got... No, no, you've got to change. God has given you everything, but you don't, you don't understand what they've done to me. You don't understand how they've wronged me. Oh, please tell me more how, how, how that works out. But all, all i got to know is God has given me some very clear commands about what's supposed to take place in my heart. We use, too many, we use everybody else for too, too many excuses of why we have not had the fulfilled promises of God. So many, you can go in a room of Christians and say, how many of you believe the promises of God are true? Oh, people, everybody raise their hand. And you say, how many of you can tell me what any of them are? It's a different story. How many are fulfilling the commands of God so that they can have the deliverance? God is better to us than we deserve. It's time for some Christians to quit complaining about how wicked the world is and grab some gospel tracks and invite somebody to church. Well, God can God 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 is a sovereign God. God can do whatever he I mean God is above all of this. But God has given you and I some clear commands that we're to follow on this side, Jordan that lead to the deliverance, that lead to the fulfilled promise. Friend, this morning, I, 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 don't, I don't know what wilderness you are dealing with. I, I don't, maybe it's just the, the, the overall general idea of there are better things ahead. And we're, we're, maybe you and your family just been in a time of struggle. Maybe 2018 has been a time of struggle for you. Spiritually, financially, maybe there's something else. You have two choices. You can just continue. To, to, you have to continue to go by faith and trust God. The same faith that you got to have to get up every day and trust God to get you through the day because God's going to get us through. That's the same faith you got to have to actually take and go when God says it's time for deliverance to take the deliverance. Because, you know, we can get in a habit of being discouraged. We can get in a habit of being just depressed. We can get in a habit of, of well, it's just, just the way it is. No, friend, God wants deliverance for His children. He says it's time to move forward. It's time to be delivered from this side, Jordan. But you've got to turn. You've got to take your journey. God is not going to be spiritual for you. Bible says, draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. Well, I just don't feel close to God. Sometimes Christians say that because they, they want somebody to feel sorry for them, but what they're really saying is, God, God doesn't want to be close to me. God will be close to anybody that wants to be close to Him. But you've got to turn. 
This side Jordan, there's some things to remember. It's not always a pleasant place, and quite frankly, it's not a pleasant place at all. But if we're going to get to a better place, if we're going to get to a place of victory, if we're going to get to a place of fulfilled promise, we have got to take action. You have got to make the changes in your life that need to be made. Well, I just, I don't, I don't like uh, not, not having an answer to prayer. Well, determine to get an answer to prayer. Determine to, that, that Bible is not going to pick itself up and smack you in the head and say, read me. You've got to do it. Well, I would do it. I just don't get up. Set your alarm clock. I do, but I hit snooze 47 times. Well, you're going to have to change that. I just can't get deliverance. How much are you trust in God? How much are you in your Bible? How, how, many, how, how many times are, do you darken the doors of the house of God? It's on us to make the effort to get to where we need to be. Be obedient to God. It's not your job. It's not our responsibility to know when God is going to move or deliver us. It's our responsibility to endure the wilderness and when he says it's time to go, be in a position where we turn and we follow the things that God has instructed us to do.